Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, co-editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. And if you're watching live on YouTube or live on Facebook, you might be saying, wait a second. There's only three guys at the Steelers preview. I only see two. I'm joined by Brian Anthony Davis, our podcast producer. No day Schofield, not yet anyways. He might join us in a little bit. It's his son's birthday. He's out in Western Maryland on a lake somewhere. But Brian, how are you this evening? Actually, I don't think he's going to join us at all because we got a late message oh. saying that he would be not coming on tonight. Um, so yeah, he is out on a lake. That's cool. Spending time with your family is paramount, so do that. The only thing is I've got this bad vision of a Speedo being involved with one <laughs> Dave Schofield, and that frightens me. So there you go. It's now in your head because it's now in mine. For those that have listened to our podcast for a really long time, and I'm not talking about, oh, I started listening in 2020. This, this myself and Brian, goes way back. I mean, this is back in the blog talk radio days. Uh, it's kind of old school. It kind of brings back some old school vibes, doesn't it, Brian? Yeah, I think I think we're talking 2015 or 16. Yeesh. Actually, we're, we're dating yeah. ourselves. And so we had a lot of fun, and we were doing this, and we were doing the preview together before dave came in yeah and then dave joined the preview and man we uh we haven't looked back so it's been great to have dave as a part of it but it's it's nice to go old school i'm i'm feeling it, it. it's it, nothing against dave by the way this is not yeah. a, a crack on dave we're comfortable doing a show together we'll be fine all right so let's i want to tell a little story here to get us started and this is going to lead into our first topic so I had a softball game tonight. Dave plays in the same softball league. We don't play each other's teams. We're in different divisions. Anyways, that's neither here nor there. There is a gentleman on another team that we both know who actually follows behind the steel curtain. He's a he's a member. He has his own name on the website. He comments on articles all the time. And so I was on first base, and he plays first base. And I said, hey, what do you think about the Steelers this year? And he said, to be completely honest with you, Jeff, I could be talked into one way or the other. And I said, I started laughing. Like, what do you mean? He said, I could be talked into them being really good. And I could also be talked into them being absolutely lousy. And I felt like that had some merit, you know, but my thought, my, my question for you, Brian, to start the show off was, okay, what are your thoughts? And here we are. The Steelers just wrapped up the second week of their third phase of OTAs. We've already been through free agency the draft is in the rear view mirror how do you feel about this team right now i feel pretty comfortable with this team because i keep going back to one phrase during the press conference before the nfl draft in 2021 and it was kevin colbert and mike tomlin and kevin colbert said this we have the roster to play a game tonight if we need to so that means going to the draft that they were looking at a few positions that they were going to hone, but if they could go and play a game without Najee Harris, without Fryermuth or Green or any of those guys, they were comfortable in doing so. And the way they built this team, I am, you know, a lot of people aren't thinking it lately, but I'm thinking that I'm an optimist. And I'm really optimistic about the Steelers and this team because I like the way that they've put everything together. I look at the end of 2021, excuse me, 2020 and that playoff game and where they were and what was going on. And now I look at the pieces that they have here now and the pieces that they don't have here now. And I'm still pretty comfortable with the pieces that they have here now. 
And here's the thing. The reason being is you can't count Bud Dupree in being gone if he wasn't on that team in the playoffs. He was already gone. So they've, they're actually improved from the wild card game. And with the additions of their draft picks, I feel that they're improved the whole way around, that they're better off than they were on January 9th of 2021. You kind of, yeah, you kind of went into my follow-up there. And that's the, the number one question that a lot of fans are asking. And I honestly, when I hear these narratives coming from NFL network or ESPN or CBS sports, any other outlet that does things like predictions and, and things like, I understand that the Steelers have on paper, the toughest schedule of any a team. And that's all based off of 2020 win loss percentage. So, and Dave talked about that in the stat geek, make sure you check that out. Great episode, by the way, it's only on our audio platform. Uh, but I, I asked myself, is, is this team better? And if people were saying they're going to be awful, this team's not that different than the team that started out 11 and 0 won 12 games. And yes, they failed down the stretch, but what is the one thing if you could pinpoint something, Brian, that gives you calm and says this team's going to be pretty good, even if everyone else is saying they're going to be awful. The one thing, I mean, there's so many things, Jeff, but if I had to say the one thing, it's Matt Canada mm-hmm. in the, okay. and a scheme. Because I think that was really what was hindering everything, the scheme. I think the offensive line gets better in the scheme, and I think adding Najee Harris – and the way that the running backs are going to be used, even if it wasn't Najee Harris, I think Canada makes all the difference in the world. Man, he might be fool's gold. I might be drinking the Canadian Kool-Aid. If that is, is such that a Canadian thing. dry? Is that just Canadian dry? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, Michael Beck. Th- yeah, seriously. <laughs> that is Canucks. Um, but no, and to be honest with you, so I agree 100%. I'm going to go a different route as to why I think the Steelers are going to be okay. And this would be the same person that some would point to and say why they're going to be awful. B T R Benjamin Todd Roethlisberger. He is still the straw, which stirs the drink and they're going to go as he goes. I really do think that the Steelers are going to be not, not only more balanced with Matt Cannon, which ties into your uh, topic that you just mentioned, but also I just think that everyone is bashing him after the way that things went down in the playoff game and down the stretch. We know after 17 years that Ben Roethlisberger plays well when he has a chip on his shoulder. And I feel like he has a giant chip on his shoulder. But Brian, how how confident are you in BTR in 2021? Do you think it's the end of the rope, end of the road, whatever you want to call it? Or do you think that he still has a lot of good football left? BTR. You can't spell better without BTR. <laughs> so... I always want to say BTO, like we're talking about Bachman Turner Overdrive or something like that. Not BTR. Anyway. I always laugh because I I think of the uh, the group that had some guys from Genesis and from Genesis and Yes, they had a one one big song in 1986 called "When the Heart Rules the Mind." They also had another one called "The Hunter," but they were called GTR. So when I <laughs> when I think of that, I'm thinking GTR, BTR, but BTO probably works better. So <laughs> no, no matter what it is, now I'm confident in Ben Roethlisberger. Man, he's looking swout right now. Man, he's looking he's looking good. I think he's on a mission because hey, look, his scape the scapegoat's gone. 
and we've talked about this before in the show, and I just talked about him earlier. Randy Feetner is not there. You cannot blame anybody else at this point. And I don't think Ben is here in 2021 to play the blame game. I think he's looking for redemption in his mind, and he's looking looking to prove. So I really feel that he's going to be fine. I just saw Bert mentioned in the live chat that uh, when I mentioned Matt Canada, he mentioned that Ben might hinder it. I don't really think so because one thing that Matt Canada is really good at is taking the personnel that he has and developing his playbook and his scheme around those players. So he is going to be able to take his scheme and craft it to what works for Ben Roethlisberger. And I really think that that could be done. Last year, Ben Roethlisberger's play was, I mean, gosh, two seconds and the ball's out. You know, he set records for his career. And Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth talked about this all the time last year when they were showing the numbers, how long it takes for the ball to get out of his hands. He was doing that based on the scheme and the cards that he was being dealt last year. If he doesn't have to do that, and he won't because he has a running game and he has a better scheme that he can craft his game around too. So I think it's going to be a really good union between BTR and uh, Matt Canada, the MC. That's another one, mm, MC, Matt Canada. You know, MCOC. I, <laughs> there we go. But, you know, so I trust Ben. I really trust him because he's not coming back this year with everybody that was, was like bringing him down and saying he's done. You mentioned the chip. Yeah, the chip's there. I, I feel good about him. All right. So to kind of finish up this story in this segment, so um, I'm actually standing talking to this gentleman after the game and we're talking about the Steelers and – he said, you know, I'm curious about this offense with Matt Canada. He said, I feel like we got a taste of it last season. You know, the first six games or so, they were doing a lot of pre-snap movement, a lot of motion. And then I stopped him and said, and then it stopped. And he said, exactly. And I said, but the million-dollar question is, why did it stop? Was it Randy Feetner who said, no, we're throwing this out the window. We're doing it my way. Or was it Benjamin Todd Roethlisberger that said, I'm not doing this anymore? It worked. It worked. Statistics show that they were a, I want to say they were around 10th in the NFL in rushing in the, in the early going of the season. They were running the ball well. A lot of pre-snap movement. Brian, and you're, and we're just speculating here. We have no inside information. But in your own speculation, why in the world, when it was working, did the Steelers stop? Man, that is a trillion dollar question. I have, I really don't know where to start, but I want to just jump on something that jump on the bandwagon on something that you said. And it's this the first three games of the season, the Steelers had 100 yard rushers. They were the only team in the league to have a 100 yard rusher the first three weeks of the season. Did that continue? No, it did not. So I'm going to have to say, that that was working for Ben. Ben was still throwing it up top, man. Remember the the bomb to Claypool? I mean, he was he was airing it out. So makes me think that maybe it wasn't Ben that stopped it, and it could be Randy. I mean, it's easy, to, man. It's easy to throw him under the bus right now because it it sounds right. I mean, he's like, no, I mean. We've got this new, I mean, this is just in my mind, in my crazy black and gold mind. This is me saying, if I'm Randy, 
maybe he's saying, okay, you've got this new flavor of the month coming in. They're talking about all the motions and all the stuff. It's worked before with what I've had. We're going my way. Maybe we could go here and there, but they're going to figure it out. So let's just do this. I might be wrong. Well, I, I think, it, you know, not to reflect too much on the past, I think if fans are wondering what's it going to look like this year, it, it's not going to have the same impact. For instance, it's not going to go down the same way as it did in 2020. Why? Randy feeder has gone and there's no way, no way that the Steelers went to Matt Canada and said, we want you to be our offensive coordinator, but we don't want you to run our system, your system. We want you to just do what Ben wants to do. There's no way he, he agrees to that. Heck, the Miami Dolphins wanted to interview him for their offensive coordinator job. He had suitors. It's not like he was someone that was no one was interested. And then on the flip side of that, there's no way that Ben signs up to come back in 2021 knowing that Matt Canada is going to be the offensive coordinator and knowing what Matt Canada likes to do. This would be a completely different story if Matt Canada didn't spend 2020 as the quarterback's coach and have some influence in the play calling or maybe the game planning, however you want to put it, last season. I think that this is a a situation where we should at least get to see a, I'm not going to say 100% pure Matt Canada offense because maybe there are some things that, you know, if you read uh, Kevin Smith's articles, Jeffrey Benedict's articles that we run on behind the steel curtain.com and they highlight very well in, in video form and gift form that Ben's not capable of some of the RPOs that that style of offense runs, but he is capable of reading defenses. He is capable of having a lot of motion and pre snapperies. And you know what he is capable of? He is capable of getting under center. He is capable of running play action. I think we're going to see a lot of that. I, I think that it's going to be different. I think that if the Steelers are going to do damage this season, they have to take advantage of the first six games. Uh, I was doing my let's ride live on the locker room app on Tuesday night. And someone we broke down the kind of looked at the schedule. I said, they're not four and two in the first six going into the bye week I feel like that's a problem. And when you think about early in the season, this offense is going to be unique. It's going to be something no one's ever planned for. So, I mean, Brian, do you think it's going to be something that defenses can catch up with? Or do you think this is something where uh, they're going to keep people guessing for the whole season? You can always catch up with something. You know, we have seen that with with batters and baseball and pitchers and how, all right, we finally adjusted to this guy. We already we finally know how to play him. You know, they do that in football all the time as well. You know, they can figure it out, but the mark of a brilliant coach is that guy who keeps on adapting, keeps on throwing in those wrinkles, you know, does all those things that, all right, you figure this out, now let's throw this on. All right, I've got a little magic for you here. Now we're going to throw this into the mix. So there's, uh, you know, one great coach, Coach Gordon Bombay of the 1992 <laughs> Mighty Ducks, and he's back with Mighty Ducks Game Changers. Awesome season, by the way. I loved it, the first season of it. Fantastic. You know, he kept on throwing those wrinkles in. So if Matt Canada can get some Gordon Bombay going, then boom. Leave it to you. We're having a serious football (laughs) conversation, and you bring up Gordon Bombay. The quack attack is back, Jack. From, I mean, are you going to bring up Charlie Conway at this point, or no? Oh, you know what? They wore the classic jerseys in the last episode. It's great. But, hey, that's not what I'm talking about. 
what is I'm it worth it? Because I don't have Disney Plus. I was tempted, but I was like, man, I would love to watch that show. But I'm really not. I'm not a Disney guy. It's actually worth it if you love if you love the series, if you love the the movies. <laughs> and there's another one, a basketball show with John Stamos, which you might be laughing oh at. Oh my gosh! Just trust me. <laughs> you would you would thank me when we're done. But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the fact that you know, even though I made you laugh, Jeff. You're thinking about it. You're like, okay, if he can't. What wrinkles Bombay, are you talking about? Thank you. Let's talk this out. Let's compare your theory of the wrinkles added, which makes sense. And then you bring in the hockey team. He was just teaching these kids how to skate. He was teaching Charlie how to take a dive. What other wrinkles are you talking about? The flying V for one. <laughs> the uh the alley oop is another one. But that um, was two. I, that was that two. Was a, You're jumping ahead two. of yourself. Yeah, and now you've got you've got the uh, making pancakes, the breakfast, and game changers. That's the same type of thing. It's what I'm saying is if Matt Canada could keep on, like uh, you keep some stuff in his back pocket. Don't show it all in week one and two. But so when you catch up to this, all right, boys, flying V. You and completely, they- you completely lost me. I'm I'm only <laughs> thinking about names of Mighty Ducks and. Here's a trivia for you. In Mighty Ducks 2, that's the that's the movie where they are, uh, you know, it's USA, Team USA, and the Ducks are infused with other All-Stars. There is an, a little Asian kid who's a figure skater. What is his name? Do you know? Not only do I know, oh, woo, you know woo, the- woo, Kenny Wu. <laughs> I he you makes know an it. appearance in Game Changers. No, he doesn't. Yes, no, he, he doesn't. Does. <laughs> yes, he does. I'm woo, a Dean Portman woo, guy. Kenny Wu. <laughs> And the USA is back on top. <laughs> I saw that movie a million times when I was in college. <laughs> oh my gosh! Uh, wasn't Luis Mendoza was the one that couldn't uh, stop? Yeah, so same he, actor that was Benny the Jet Rodriguez in the Sandlot. Really, I didn't realize. Yeah, yeah, he was uh, from Miami, Florida. You had uh, you had uh, Jolie the Cat Gaffney in Goal. Yes, that came in like. And Goldberg in real life, I mean, he went off the rails. I yeah, think that, real bad. Yeah, really bad. But um, then you had, there's only about four or five, and there's like Dwayne Robinson, who, how do I know this? He was the lasso <laughs> guy. Look at John so, Trent McFarlane's Arkenny Woo this season. <laughs> 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 oh my gosh. So that, if Anthony McFarlane takes a run and just goes 75 yards, we got to go, woo, woo, Kenny Woo. <laughs> <laughs> I I didn't think we'd go this far with Gordon Gut Bombay and the Mighty Ducks, but oh man, it's uh, fun. Whew. I love that movie. It was when I was a kid growing up. I loved hockey, and I was okay. Anyways, let's let's get this train back on the uh, track, shall we? Let's get the trolley moving in the right direction. I, I like what Garrett says. He says so we can definitely conclude that Dave's the glue that holds us. <laughs> <laughs> Not really, because if he was here, he'd be. Yeah, oh yeah, he would be chiming in. For <laughs> he'd sure. be loving it for sure. All right. Okay, let's let's talk about the headline of this episode, which is sleepers. I was thinking about this. We had tossed around some ideas on our Slack channel about what do we want to talk about tonight. And I was like, what about players that might really be a big part of this football team, but aren't really being talked about a lot? We could go a bunch of different ways with this, and you can justify a lot of players. But I would say that someone like Benjamin Todd Roethlisberger, even Najee Harris, people are talking about them. That's not a sleeper. That's not someone that's going to sneak up on you like, wow, where did this guy come from? Never expected this. 
we have a list. We both have a list, and we're going to go through these players and say who is going to be a sleeper. I just thought of another one and put that down there. All right. So, Brian, no particular order. You want to start on offense or defense? Let me start on offense. Okay. And, you know, look at all these wide receivers that the Steelers have. And we can get into the conversation. Do the Steelers have a true one? I don't care. I'm talking about the talent that they have. Makes them a one when you combine them all. It does not matter to me. Gone are the days of 14 touchdowns by one dude and dominating Mr. Mr. A.B., Mr. What did you guys call him? Third and fifth, which I always hated that nickname. Mr. But, uh, third and fifth, yeah. Mr. Third and fifth. You know, gone are those days. You, This is a true stable. And in the stable, there's one guy that when he gets his opportunity, he's always comes up huge, but it's sparingly. And it's James Washington, our good friend, Grandpa Strong. So I'm bringing up number 13 when I say that he could be a sleeper that goes to the next level this year, because you know what? His contract will be up this year. And we're talking about how Juju's playing for another contract. Again, you have a guy in Chase Claypool that is looking to ascend to the top of the mountain, make that big jump from year one to year two. And you have Deontay Johnson that has a lot to prove this year, but he's, he's on the radar. That's the thing. These are guys that aren't really on the radar. And when you don't, when you think of all those guys, you're not going to put, you're really not putting James Washington in the top three. Now he has talent. He has tons of talent. He is strong. He's a fighter. He's a clutch guy. But if he comes out strong in the first few weeks of the season and Ben is trusting him and maybe one of those other guys gets an injury, he could put up a year that would really, uh, would rival would rival the rest of the team as far as the rest of the stables wide receivers. And I would be really comfortable in saying that he's going to get a big contract in free agency if he has a good year. So I'm picking James Washington as one of my top sleepers. Yeah. Sadly, I feel like he's going to need an injury at a wide receiver to get a good opportunity. But um, yeah, the other day on Twitter, uh, you can follow me on Twitter. If you see the handle underneath my screen, I just put out a random question. I said, who do you think is going to have more receiving yards? James Washington or Pat Fryermuth. And it was shock. I was, we had almost 800, I think 800 votes or something like that. And um, it was like 54% just for James Washington. I thought it was going to be much higher. Like there were a lot wow. of people that were, because I mean, think about it. How often is he going to be on the field unless they run four wide receivers out there. And when you have two tight ends that can play and you're trying to run the ball more, you're probably not going to do that too much. I just, I think that that's the best chance that he has to get, uh, a lot of playing time is if someone gets banged up ahead of him, maybe, you know, I don't hope, I hope no one gets hurt. All right. For me, my first sleeper, if we're going offense first is none other than woo, woo, Kenny, woo, <laughs> Anthony McFarland. If you've been following, sorry, <laughs> I've literally been thinking about that movie since you brought it up. Anyways. Um, if you've been following behind the seal curtains coverage of OTAs, where we take videos from Twitter and we kind of put them all together and we keep updating it. There's been a lot of videos of running backs. Why? Because they run their drills right below the balcony where the media are. And so we've gotten an up close and personal look at a lot of these running backs, whether it's Najee Harris, who obviously is getting a lot of eyeballs on him, but also Anthony McFarland has not missed a workout yet. He is looking really, really fast and that's never been an issue with him, but he just looks 
he looks like he's that change of pace back that the Steelers could really, really use. You think about everything that Najee Harris does well. You know, you talk about his vision, his lateral quickness, his burst, his size, his strength. It's all great. There's only one thing he doesn't have, breakaway speed. Anthony McFarland has that breakaway speed. And so I think that this is a guy that last year he did have some opportunities. There were times where he literally tripped over his own two feet. I feel like after having that year under his belt, he'll have a preseason. He'll have off-season workouts. And Chase Claypool said Thursday that that was a bit, this is big for him. He didn't have this last season because everything was shut down because of COVID. I think Anthony McFarlane is definitely going to be someone to keep an eye out. I think he's going to step it up as young boy 24 just said in the live chat. So that's mine. Let's go to the defensive side. Who do you have on defense, Brian? So let's go on defense and take a look at a guy that should not be considered a sleeper, especially when you're a first round draft pick. But let's bring up Terrell Edmonds one more time. And why am I considering him a sleeper? Because obviously the Pittsburgh Steelers do not consider him to be way ahead in their future. When they're looking ahead into their own black and gold crystal ball, they're not feeling that he is the guy that they are going to uh, rely on because they did not tender him a fifth-year option. If they do that, if they give him a fifth-year option, then you know, they have him in their mix. But right now, it's almost one of those situations where they're saying, all right, Terrell, you're not gone from the team, but you are you have to make the team all over again. And that's basically the season that Terrell Edmonds is going to have to have. He is going to have to make this team or make another team because of how he's going to play in this upcoming season. Now, He's definitely, if the Steelers let him go, he's going to sign with the Arizona Cardinals or someone like that, just like a Jarvis Jones did. Somebody's going to give an ex-first rounder another chance. I think Terrell Edmonds has plenty of talent that he can be that perfect complement for Minka Fitzpatrick. So they don't feel enough to go ahead and give him that extra year at the price that they were going to have to do it. So he's really going to step up. I'm thinking that this guy has the intestinal fortitude and the heart to do it, and he's going to do everything he can to cement himself as a Pittsburgh Steeler, and it's got to be this year. There's no other time. There's a lot on the line for Edmonds. His best ability is his availability. He's always available. He, I think he's only missed maybe one or two games in his entire tenure with the Steelers. It's, that's, you can't ask for much more outside of just being making getting get your hands on the football a little bit more. I think that's what everyone would want. Okay, I'm going to go with a player that no one is talking about, not that I've heard of. Uh, and this player, I correct me if I'm wrong, Brian, I don't even think he made the team outright last season and they brought him back on the practice squad and he was elevated. That's Antoine Brooks Jr. Yes. I think that Antoine Brooks Jr., when you think about what the Steelers like to do in sub packages and you think about like what Mike Hilton did well in terms of playing the run and playing the line of scrimmage, I could definitely see them having a role for him in 2021. It might not be your typical role, but he's he's known for being a box safety, a guy that can come downhill, play that run, um, play in the backfield. I think that the Steelers, we might all be surprised when he gets an entire year under his belt, when you get the um, preseason this year. Keep an eye on Antoine Brooks Jr. I think that he could actually make – 
make the team be a really big contributor on special teams, but also have a role in the defense. You want to go back to offense now, or do you want to go to stay on defense? Let's go ahead and stay on defense. And I am going to bring up Shakur Brown, undrafted free agent. You know, I was looking through, I was cleaning off my desk today and I was looking through all the notes that I made back in March on who the top cornerbacks were. And I had on CBS had Shakur Brown around 11 or 12 as far as a cornerback. He was uh, expected to be a fourth or fifth rounder, and somehow he slipped out of the draft. And that was quite peculiar. I really like what Shakur Brown brings to this team. I think he is better than Justin Lane. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I say that wrong? Lustin Jane. Okay, thank you. Lustin Jane. Okay, <laughs> Lustin Jane. Okay, but I, I think Shakur Brown, as a, an undrafted free agent, one of those guys is making it. I'm telling you. There's there's three defensive backs, and it's it's a Shakur Brown, Mark Gilbert is another one, and Lamont Wade. Those are three. One of those guys is definitely going to make it. I wouldn't be surprised if two of those guys make it. I think one of the corners, though, get, definitely gets in, and I think it's Shakur Brown, and I think he's going to be one of those guys that gives that gets an opportunity to shine, especially with the lack of depth at corner. Yeah, that's. I, I don't know much about Shakur Brown. I'm going to be completely honest. I'm looking forward to seeing him. A lot of people are talking about him. They, a lot of people have high hopes. Um, I'm going to go a different direction, staying on defense, though. That's what you wanted to do. I'm going to go with someone you're very familiar with. It's your own blood. That's your son, Carlos Davis. Um, this stems from a scene, I believe it was in the Baltimore game at Baltimore. I could be wrong. I think I am wrong. It might have been at Cleveland. It might have been the last game of the season. I'll have to think about that. So the CBS cameras are going along the Steelers' sideline, and all of a sudden you see Isaiah Bugs getting into a shoving match with somebody. And that someone was Carlos Davis. And it was Chris Wormley that had to separate the two. And do you know why Isaiah Bugs was getting upset? Because he wasn't playing as much. Carlos Davis was playing more. Carlos Davis was the one that had Bugs inactive at the end of the season. I think that this guy, who no one, when they took him in the seventh round out of Nebraska, no one, people were telling me it was the Baltimore game. So I did, okay, I wasn't going crazy. No one thought that this guy was even going to make the team let alone was going to make the team and actually contribute. He actually showed some serious promise last year. And like I've said, for all those players, all three of the players I've said as sleeper so far have been from the 2020 draft class, the last three picks. I feel like when they get a full off season and a preseason, we're going to see them get even better. I'm going to go with Carlos Davis. So we do have some more. We have three more, actually. Each of us have three more. We're going to talk about those. After the break, so if you're listening on the audio side, head over to part two. If you're watching live on Facebook or on YouTube, stay tuned. Don't go anywhere because we're not going anywhere. We'll be right back after this break. <laughs> 